Welcome to the Speaking Words of Life for Educators podcast, where we shine a bright light on your incredible call of carrying the kingdom of God into your classroom, school, and community. It's here that you'll be transformed by the truth of your identity and activated to live the full life Jesus paid for. I'm your host, Jessica Glover, and I warmly welcome you to get ready to be encouraged, strengthened, and activated today in your position in the world of education. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to episode four. I am pumped to be talking to you this morning about reconciliation. You know, one of the things that I really wanted to do with this podcast was to equip you to live the full life that Jesus paid for. And one of the areas that I know I struggled with as a public school teacher was recognizing the impact I could have as a kingdom person, as a kingdom educator. And one of those areas was recognizing what I truly carried, that I was carrying the living, breathing, flowing blood of Jesus inside of me, that I truly had a blood transfusion with Jesus. And he wanted to get out of me. He wanted to leak out his goodness everywhere I went. So one of the titles that we have as kingdom educators is that we are ministers of reconciliation. Remember back to episode one and two, I really touched on the point that we're not just waiting around to get to heaven, that we truly have a call and a purpose in the world of education, whether you are working in your homeschool classroom, your private school classroom, or if you're working in public school, or you're an administrator, you've been called for such a time as this to bring the presence and the kingdom of God wherever you go. And that could be on the way to school, the way home from school, stopping at the gas station, the grocery store, speaking with your friends and family at gatherings, even at this upcoming summer. I want you to think of yourself as someone on assignment that you've been given the keys to the kingdom, to life, and that wherever you go, there's the possibility that signs, wonders, and miracles break out from you because you are a carrier of God's goodness. So we're going to start off today just setting a foundation that we hear God's voice. We hear him. That when we hear for ourselves first, when we get fresh bread, then we can give it away. And the point is that we press into Father God's heart so that we can hear what he's speaking, we can hear what's on his heart for today, and that we can move in partnership with him, like we were talking about in episode three, partnership with the living God who has a purpose and a plan through you where you are positioned, because it is a place of purpose. So we spend time soaking and listening and meditating, making declarations based on truth, stirring up our spirits every day so we can cling to the truth. We worship the Lord in spirit and truth. We invite his presence to come and we set our mind on things that are holy, pure, and lovely, things from above. That's our place. That's our position that we are seated in heavenly places above all powers and principalities, powers and dominions. We are seated in Christ above it all. We see with the lenses of heaven down from a place of victory down toward our position on earth, wherever we're placed at the moment. If we're at home, if we're at school, we have a position of authority because we're seated with Christ. So that's where we're starting out today. So being a minister of reconciliation, this is exciting stuff, you guys. I was looking up uh, the meaning of reconciliation this morning, and it's the process of two people or groups in a conflict agreeing to make amends or to come to a truth. 
The second definition I found was that there's a reconciliation, a name of a Catholic sacrament involved in the confession of sin. And then the less common is when someone accepts an undesirable situation or to the process of making things compatible. And the neat thing is that God, through the work of Jesus, did what was undesirable. He gave up his son so that we could be reconciled to the father. We no longer make sacrifices of blood from animals in place of our sin. Instead, Jesus became that perfect sacrifice so that we could be welcomed into the heart of God, so we could be welcomed into his court, so we could be friends of God. That's incredible work. And because we carry the living, breathing, moving, healing work of Jesus inside of us, because he lives inside of us, we've invited him to be our savior and our king. Then that means that those around us have the same invitation. And that's the work of reconciliation. I love it. Colossians 1, 19 through 20. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. That's in Christ. Verse 20. And through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So the problem we know is that there's sin. Sin is hostile to God. And in Romans 8, it says the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So we know sin has nothing to do with Father God. But Jesus came and broke the wall by his perfect sacrifice on the cross so that it would be possible to come into God's presence to know him intimately in relationship. And that's our good news. Our good news of the gospel is that all have been reconciled to God if they would but receive the invitation and say, yes, daddy God, I want you to come into my heart. I want you to change my life. I want you to be king. I want you to be Lord. I want you to be the ruler. So good. So in Colossians 1 verses 21 through 23, we're going to just skip that part. Paul's talking about carrying the gospel to the Gentiles. Verse 27, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yay. So we are carriers of Christ's reconciling blood wherever we go, that he was pleased to reveal this mystery, that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. His hope lives in us. And it's that the glory of Christ get out of us, his goodness get out of us so that wherever we go, we're carrying this ministry of reconciliation so that when we set the atmosphere, we are providing an opportunity for the work of Christ moving in and through us in our classrooms, in our offices, providing peace, breaking down the wall of hostility so that all our students, the staff who comes in our space, the parents, they're all welcomed into the courts of God. They're all welcomed into a space of truly knowing Jesus. That's crazy cool. Even when, and I know in the world of education, we sometimes are thinking of everything very linearly, like, okay, A plus B equals C. And it's like, we actually are people of another realm. So when we think of ourselves seated in heavenly places, we have the mind of Christ. We're actually thinking from heaven. We're thinking from heaven's view. So think of it like layers. You have this assignment in your classroom, in your admin office, wherever you're working in your homeschool classroom, you have this assignment. But your real identity is seated above all that in heavenly places. And Father God has you in this position to bring his kingdom. So when we arrive at work, we're preparing our atmosphere for the king to come, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that Christ reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us, kingdom educators, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. So we are ambassadors of heaven, but as such, we are ministers of reconciliation. That's exciting. What does that make you desire? What are your dreams to see happen in your school, in your classroom, maybe even in your district or your community? When you know that you're a minister of reconciliation, I just encourage you to dream with Father God. Ask him, what are the big things that can happen in my world of education? Father, what do you want to do through me? Because you know what? You carry the backing and authority of heaven that all powers and principalities must submit to Jesus who's in you. They must bow. John 14, 12 says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with the father. That's good news. So again, that reminder, he wants to leak out of you his goodness. He wants signs and wonders to follow you wherever you go. You know, here's a really fun story, something that happened in my own classroom. At the time, I was teaching sixth grade social studies, and we were studying the three major religions of the world. My students got in a little bit of a confrontive conversation, and the bell rang. And so I tried as best I could to wrap things up, went back to my desk, was getting my computer ready to take attendance for next period. And this little boy came up to me with tears streaming down his eyes, and he just said, I think I need to give my heart to Jesus. I was flabbergasted, but you know what? I'd been setting the atmosphere for heaven to come. I've been praying over my desks daily. I've been praying over the kids' chairs. I've been praying over my lesson plans and asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom and insight. I've been praying over the doors and the windows that anything that would come against the knowledge of Jesus would be stopped at the door. And I prayed peace for my students. And even that the wirings inside of them, the things that were not connected or needed healing, that I prayed that they would have connections, that they would receive healing when they were in my classroom. So when this happened, I was still surprised, but I should have recognized, oh yeah, when we invite heaven to come, he does. Father God loves to send friend Holy Spirit to come and move among us to do the works of the King. So this boy, he's asking me, I need to come to know Jesus. And there was a girl standing next to him who I knew was a Christian. And I told her, why don't you go ahead and lead him to Jesus. And the bell was ringing and the kids were shuffling. And I wasn't quite sure what to do in my public school classroom at the moment. Now I look back and I think, man, I should have just let him through the sinner's prayer real quick. But he went away. And you know what? The next day I knew something was different. That little girl had truly helped him walk into a place of relationship with Jesus because no longer did he come in with a chip on his shoulder and an issue with women in authority. We'd had a little bit of a tough between us. All of it was gone and the countenance of his face was changed. 
that little boy grew up in my school as a sixth grader, seventh grade and eighth grader. And he came back and said hi to me. I knew something had happened inside of his heart because the way that he behaved, the confidence that he stepped into, the way that he began to participate in class only showed that there had been a significant change because he had formerly hated my class. He'd hated talking with me and now he was engaging. So when you begin to walk in faith that Father God wants mighty miracles to break out in and through you, even greater than those that Jesus performed, you're stepping into a place of great expectation. It's the place to expect that crazy cool things are going to happen in and through you as you abandon yourself, as you surrender, as you open up your hands every day and say, Jesus, come and move in and through me. Holy Spirit, come activate the spirit of wisdom and revelation through me so that I can be a conduit of your goodness and glory. Next point I want to make comes from Luke 10, 18 through 20. And it's where Jesus is sending out the 70 and he's telling them that they have all authority of heaven backing them as they go, that the enemy has no point in pursuing you because he's already a defeated foe. And we need to know, kingdom educators, that as we began to step into the truth of our identity, that we are seated in heavenly places above all powers and principalities, that we can know that our adversary is going to test. He is going to test that we believe what we're walking in. And as we step into that place of full faith, we need to remember that he is just a defeated foe and we can tell him to scatter because he doesn't belong He is not allowed to speak death over us, and he's not allowed to tell us lies because the truth is what sets us free. Luke 10, 18 through 20 says, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Did you hear that? Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. Isn't that incredible? We can know that as we go, that we have a far superior authority over the enemy of our souls than he does over us. He's already a defeated foe. Remember to remind him that when lies come into your mind, remember not all of our thoughts that come into our head are us. They're not all God. Our thoughts come from ourselves, from God, and from the enemy. And we need to make sure that we're taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. If it doesn't line up with the word, then it's not from God. And then we need to take it back to the word and look at what is this lie saying? Now let's replace it with the truth. That's that place of becoming more like Jesus every day, submitting to him. And then I want to propose to you from Proverbs 31. We often think of this as the Proverbs 31 woman. But when I was reading in this the other day in the Passion Translation, I was really overcome with the idea that, you know what, as ministers of reconciliation, we are actually this Proverbs 31 woman, if you will. We are kingdom carriers in the school system as ministers of reconciliation. And we look like this portion of the bride. 
the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is kingdom carriers in the school system. Picture yourself in Proverbs 31, 14 through 21 as a kingdom educator. She or the bride, that's us, kingdom educators, gives out revelation truth to feed others. It's like bread or spiritual food. She is like a trading ship bringing divine supplies from the merchant, supplies from far away, another realm, bringing heavenly manna for those she feeds. The merchant is a reference to Jesus from Matthew 13, 45 in the parable of the costly pearl. We are the pearl, the church, and we cost Jesus everything, his split blood to purchase us. Verse 15, even in the night season, she arises and sets food on the table for hungry ones in her house and for others. She's interceding, you're interceding, kingdom educator, in the night, laboring in the night season to help others. Why? Because she, you, have the heart of the father, his vision, and his strength. I want to challenge you that when you're dreaming at night or stress tries to come at you, fear, submit it to the father and ask him, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about this situation that's bothering me? What are your thoughts about this child who's been a challenge? What are your thoughts? What are your strategies? Because he does want to release his plans and strategies over you. Verse 16, she sets her heart upon a nation and to take it as her own, carrying it within her. What's your nation, your classroom, your sphere of authority? She labors there to plant the living vines. Remember John 15? We are the branches of the vine, Jesus. You, the bride, the kingdom educator, are a missionary to the nations in your classroom, in your school, your students. These are the ones that you're on mission to serve. Verse 17, she wraps herself in strength, might, and power in all her works. Verse 18, she tastes and experiences a better substance and her shining light will not be extinguished no matter how dark the night I love in the notes how it says her prayerful lamp overcomes her circumstances, even in a culture where darkness prevails. Isn't that us in this season with all of the incoming legislation with new curriculum that does not honor God, that is not in a place of righteousness. We are lights in the darkness. So don't hide. Verse 19, she stretches out her hand to help the needy. She lays hold of the wheels of government. She uses her prosperity to bless the needy. Remember, you've been given opportunity to write grants and use district money to set a stage for your students and their academics to provide opportunities for them to learn in a way they might not normally have had an opportunity and to provide a place for heaven to land. I just believe that Father God wants to give plans and strategies to bring a breakthrough in many different ways that don't look churchy. They don't look like they're in a religious mindset. They don't look like what we've done before. They're a new thing, but the father wants to give you his plans and strategies where kids are introduced to the ways of the king, a standard of righteousness. Expect him to show up. Verse 20, she is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor for she always reaches out her hands to those in need. That's what you do every day. You are giving when people have need and we are so grateful for everything that you do day in and day out. It is such a work of faithfulness and a praise to our King. Verse 21, she is not afraid of tribulation for all of her household is covered in the dual garments of righteousness and grace. I want to propose to you that everyone under your care at your school in your classroom is covered in the scarlet blood of Jesus because you are a carrier of God's goodness. 
I want to challenge you to start to step into the place of believing that you are a covering for your classroom and your school as a minister of reconciliation. Because you carry the living, breathing, healing power of the blood of Jesus inside of you, you offer a safe place, a place where grace has brought righteousness to those in your house, under your ministry, in the school system, that you are a carrier of the goodness of our God that they might come to know him, that you provide a landing pad for heaven to land as it were, for him to come and move and live among you. Our challenge today, if you believe that you are a kingdom carrier, that you are a minister of reconciliation, how can you line up your attitudes and any insecurities that you're facing, any opposition of fear or doubt? How can you line up those attitudes with the truth that you are a carrier of breakthrough. How are you going to approach your day differently now that you know that you were sent on assignment to bring and establish the kingdom and your sphere of influence and that Father God wants to get in and out of you to bring his goodness? Thank you for the work that you do every day and thank you for choosing to step into the higher place, the place where you're seated in heavenly places above every power and principality. Now is the time to step into your kingdom identity. Now is the time to see yourself as a victor instead of a victim. This is the hour to arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord arises upon you. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share with your friends in education so they too can be strengthened and encouraged in living their kingdom identity out loud in this pivotal hour. And please subscribe to be the first to hear about my newest resources, in-person and online events, and receive my inspiring bi-monthly newsletter by subscribing to speakingwordsoflife.com forward slash declarations. And be sure to find me on the socials at Speaking Words of Life number four educators. Speaking Words of Life for educators. Until next time, don't forget you're a world changer and what you do every day is changing lives.